Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Jumped into the truck this morning, got on a not-so-busy highway, ended up in Peterborough. I'm hanging out with Josh. This guy, you know what? You're fucking impossible to get a hold of. <laughs> I've been wanting to have you on the podcast for a while. You were actually one of our first guests when we talked about your upcoming course that you were doing at that time. And ever since I've wanted to do something, that was before we even knew what we were doing with the podcast. Uh, that was a long time ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. So, <laughs> but you've got some interesting stuff that I see going on social media. Yeah, man. I follow, uh, I follow Josh on uh, Facebook and he's an RMT. He also does like sport therapy kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, why don't you uh, first you know, introduce yourself to the, to the masses and tell them a little bit about you and what you do and uh, we'll get into some of the heavy stuff yeah dude no i'm super super pumped that we were finally able to connect i know it was a long time yeah. uh, long time coming back <laughs> and forth but uh no it's good no i'm a uh, yeah an rmp in peterborough born and raised here so um have not left yeah i'm i'm uh, currently working in uh, hybrid fitness which is uh, kind of a state-of-the-art fitness facility now that i guess owns the uh the fitness corner in peterborough now oh, yeah? it's uh yeah we've got to some pretty awesome guests and stuff like that that come in here um, as far as athletes and stuff like that is concerned. So I've been working with uh, with sports teams and athletes for a long time. Um, work with uh, the Lakers in town uh, lacrosse team. So cool. Canadian champions for lacrosse going on three times in a row. So right on. yeah, the life is busy. So yeah, I got a wife, five kids. Ooh. So it uh, <laughs> keeps things very busy, which is probably one of the main reasons why it's so hard to get <laughs> get in touch and get a hold of me and, and all that kind of stuff. So life outside of clinical work yeah. uh, full-time practice is also quite hectic and busy running everywhere so five kids eh? that you, yeah, got, you got a basketball starting lineup I that's do. pretty good <laughs> you're one shy of a volleyball team <laughs> cool so how long you've been a therapist for i've been a therapist for uh 15 years now yeah right out of high school into school and then uh, oh, yeah? college and uh, in town here again um had that that, that old story of uh, you know had a girlfriend in town so didn't want to uh didn't want to leave yeah yeah and uh and yeah so stayed around i wanted to get into the the rehab world um, just based on my uh, my experience as a young athlete, uh, you know, get hurt quite a bit. Yeah, spending a lot of time in a therapist's office and stuff like that growing up. Sports were you into? Mainly was football. Uh, that was my my big uh, big sport. Football, volleyball. Um, played a lot of racket sports. Nice. Terrible at uh, basketball. So um, never never played that one. But what, uh, <laughs> what made you terrible at basketball? <laughs> I I'm also just, fucking terrible at basketball. Well, I, I don't know. I just I don't have the body type for basketball. I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. For me, I don't have enough awareness to be. I, I don't know the sport well enough. So, like when I was at York University, we yeah. had to do practicums, right? So you had to do a whole bunch of activity courses, like team sports, individual sports, racket yeah. sports, aquatics, movement, or dance courses. And one of the courses I took was basketball. And I'm like, I fucking suck at basketball because <laughs> like, I just don't know enough about the sport. So I don't know. I don't know where to be. I don't know what to expect. Like I'm a volleyball player, so yeah, I yeah. mean, I can. I know where to be on the court for that, but. <laughs> <laughs> sucks. It was horrible. It was the worst fucking yeah, semester ever. Sounds about the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so was this the was this the first place you started practicing out of? Uh, no. I uh, gosh, I uh, moved around quite a bit when I started. Um, I mean, fifteen years ago when I started in the field, it was very female dominated industry. Yeah. And, a, and a lot of uh, a lot of the stereotypes against men and stuff like that in the field and stuff. So it's hard, actually, hard to find work in Peterborough. And Peterborough is a small town. Yeah. So all the job ads were for female therapists and things like that. So. Mm. Um, 
I mean, I end, I did end up finding a job with uh, with another massage therapist uh, in town, but it just business was kind of scarce. So um, she actually ended up shutting her doors, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, which kind of left me stranded for work. So um, I actually ended up out in uh, in Ajax commuting Whoa, back and forth. But I went to uh, yeah, I went to Ajax, but it was man, it was worth it. Um, I worked with uh, with sort of my mentor anyway. Now he's a fantastic therapist, Alvin Brown, out at uh, he works at uh, the, he owns actually the center for healing and uh, peak performance uh, it's actually in pickering right now but uh but it was a chiropractic clinic before he kind of bought it yeah. it was a long commute every you know every day for a couple of years but the experience that i gained working with him was worth it eh? well 100 percent worth it i mean it was one of those things that his his input into my career and stuff like that just uh really really propelled that sort of uh, entrepreneurial drive in me, which is one of those things that unfortunately they don't teach you a lot of in school. No, they don't. So, <laughs> you know, so, so for two years I was there and then, uh, then my wife and I, you know, we decided to start having a family and, and so we, uh, I realized kind of quickly, uh, that commuting back and forth was probably not the best thing to do for the rest of my career. If we wanted to set up, uh, you know, roots in Peterborough, we were both from Peterborough. So we wanted to kind of make, uh, make a life here. And, uh, so it was one of those things that I had to make a jump. So luckily I found a, uh, a chiropractor in, in town that was, uh, that was looking for somebody, but, uh, still wasn't a full time at that point. So I actually ended up, uh, applying for and getting a job at the college, uh, teaching at, uh, at Fleming started teaching there, working, uh, at a chiropractic clinic in town until things kind of got uh, a little busier. And yeah, I kept teaching for a couple of years, but being part-time when enrollment mm. starts to go down, they kind of get rid of the part-timers first. So yeah, yeah. ended up, uh, ended up losing that one, but stayed at the chiropractic clinic in town and for a few years there and then decided to start my own business kind of the rest is history from there but uh but my business went uh from a couple of different locations uh, some not so good um what was not so good I, a lot of the uh you know i mean you try to uh you try to find a location that you know doesn't break the bank but at the same time is is a little bit better uh suited for business and stuff like that as far as location goes and mm-hmm. the first location was great it was at a uh, the wellness center which is a uh, kind of a, a city run uh, it's a split between the city and the the college facility that's up in the west end and uh here and and you would think that that would be a fantastic opportunity you know lots of clientele coming back and forth and stuff like that but yeah. uh because it was city run it it very limiting on advertising and, and mm. things like that so basically i just had a room inside this building and was paying you know a good chunk of money for it and uh and you know it it it's it certainly you know no regrets i mean it was one of those things that you know you live and learn but uh because it was only one room, it made it hard for me to expand and everything too. Yeah. So, you know, four years into that and, you know, I was kind of losing money because my income was hitting a ceiling, but my expenses kept going up and mm-hmm. kept having kids. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that, uh, that, that definitely made things a little bit more difficult. And then I moved into a, another location where I was again, um, looked at the potential of the space and not necessarily the location. So the space itself had five rooms, nice size rooms for, you know, to be, be able to have five other practitioners with me, you know, things like that, really share the space, really grow the business. Yeah. Um, you know, my business at the time was return to function. It was a sport injury rehab clinic that I really wanted to start building and having, you know, multiple disciplines in and things like that. And so with that sort of dream, that's kind of why I went to the 
the this other location which had the five rooms all that kind of stuff but the problem was is it was in a the back end of a uh a plaza that wasn't very busy right, right 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 the biggest benefit to that space was that starbucks was just down the road but you know there really wasn't much else and i was still again paying through the nose for uh you know for rent mm-hmm. with the hope that practitioners would fill the space you know yeah, if yeah. they build it they will come sort of idea but that didn't really work out very well for me but it was a struggle for a few years just doing anything i can to just cover rent um um, you know, sort of thing. And, and you know, ended up uh, in a rough space as far as, uh, you know, finances and all that kind of stuff is concerned. And, and how, how rough are we talking about? Uh, some decent business debt, um, yeah. you know, that uh, that definitely, uh, it definitely caused a lot of tension, not just for me clinically, but with my family and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, you know, they, I think they say, you know, finances are one of the main reasons why, you know, relationships fail and all that kind of stuff too, sure. especially marriages and that. So, so that was a, that was, that was hard, um, to really get past that. Um, you know, it took a few years, you know, making some, some not so good choices and, and, you know, as far as the locations are concerned and then stuff like that. So yeah, that was, that was hard. It was, it was hard to get through those times. Um, mm-hmm. I'm starting to finally see the other side of it now that, that I've partnered with uh, a good buddy of mine who owns the gym here, um, Josh Gillum. He's a, you know, a, uh, ex pro hockey player, pro lacrosse player. He played with the uh, the Lakers lacrosse team there, and and you know, so I got to know him really well over the past you know several years and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, rehab him through a couple of knee injuries and stuff. So having him kind of come along and uh, and and have the faith in me, sort of thing, to uh, to uh, want to you know, start uh, a practice in his facility and stuff like that was, uh, was huge. Uh, so, you know, starting to, to kind of finally make my way out of that, but it, uh, has certainly left its, uh, share of scars, we'll say. And, uh, you know, what kind of scars are we talking about? Oh man. I mean, uh, goodness. Uh, there was some, some rough patches with, uh, again, with, with my family and stuff like that, uh, with my marriage and my wife and I separated for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you, that guys, made it are you really, guys still separated? Uh, we're working on it. We're yeah. working on things now. Um, which is, uh, you know, more than I could say for, uh, you know, the past, uh, few years, which if you caught me maybe last year, it would be a different story. So. Yeah. I think that's when I saw a lot of your social media yeah, stuff. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. No, things were, were pretty dark for, for a long time. It was, uh, um, it was really tough. I mean, the, uh, you know, that whole, uh, you know, my years growing up when I was younger, I think I was, um, not that I was sheltered from, you know, things like mental illness and stuff like that, but, um, you know, it really, uh, it, it really becomes, uh, quite, uh, um, uh, quite apparent when it becomes part of your story, how, mm-hmm. how deep that can really affect things. Um, you know, you might think, uh, you might think you're immune to something like that possibly, but, uh, man, I tell you when it hits, it, uh, it hits hard. And so, uh, so for me, there were some pretty dark times, especially when, like I said, when, when my wife and I separated and I was living on my own and all that kind of stuff, you know, and so we talking like depression, anxiety, Oh, or? depression, anxiety, man. Yeah. Uh, addictions, some, you know, suicidal thoughts, all that kind of stuff. Like it was pretty rough. Um, all the while, I mean, you know, being self-employed, yeah. got to come to work every day. Yeah. Um, so that made it, that made it even more draining, um, you know, to, to have to, um, you know, (laughs) to have to wake up in the morning period when sometimes you just don't want to and have to, uh, put on that smiling face and, Mm -hmm. you know, tell everybody everything's okay. And, 
and go to work and be, you know, it's exhausting. It, it really is. It's, it's absolutely probably one of the most exhausting things I've, I've ever had to go through. Um, and still, you know, there's still residual effects, you know, I'm still, you know, I'm still on the meds. I'm still, you know, I still suffer from days where the depression just hits really hard, you know, kind of a constant state of anxiety sometimes too, especially, uh, you know, when it comes to finances and stuff, especially, um, you know, being self-employed is tough. Yeah. It's not easy. No. Again, you, you add kids to the mix, you add a lot of expenses and stuff like that on top of it with home um, and all that. And it, uh, it's a lot of pressure. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a rough, uh, a rough go, but like I said, I think we're, we're, you know, I don't like to, you know, put the cart before the horse, but I think we're uh, kind of looking at the other side of things, which has been good too. So nice. yeah, it's good to hear. What kind of addiction are we talking about? Uh, for me, it's, it started, uh, for me, it started with alcohol, which ended relatively quickly, um, which was good. Um, you know, I, a uh, uh, couple of nights where I got pretty darn sick <laughs> yeah, yeah. and, uh, and so I didn't want to, didn't want to continue with that one, but there was uh, some gambling involved too, mm. um, which was uh, again, it's it's, and that's a tough one. Are you okay to talk about that? Yeah, the yeah, that's fine. Because yeah. okay, like I've had people on the podcast before who have been ad- addicted to substances. Like we had a dude on that he's a well, he's still recovering. I yeah. guess it's always a recovery. He a formerly crack addict and oh, wow. alcoholic. But the gambling, I don't know anyone that's ever been addicted to gambling. Yeah. I know it's going to sound stupid, but... No, it's all good, man. Tell me what that's like. Uh, it, uh, it's tough because there were there were some days where... And it, it sounds ridiculous, but there were some days, man, where... Um, it, I mean, it started a lot because, again, a lot of the relationship stuff that I was going through yeah. um, revolved around finances. Right. Um, and so there were, and obviously I'm not by any means blaming my wife for, you know, my gambling addiction. Those yeah. are choices we make, right? That's, yeah. uh, you know, that sort of thing. And But when you're in that sort of uh, very depleted state, um, you know, you've got, you know, your endorphins are gone your mm-hmm. you know serotonin levels are shot you know i mean we can get all sciencey if you wanted to but basically when there's nothing good happening um your body's craving something and and uh, since a lot of what i was dealing with at the time was financially driven you know and and if my you know if my spouse wanted some space or she just would tell me to go away you know or something like that cuz there's some rough stuff happening you know it uh you know, what's open at one, two, three in the morning, you know, when right. you take off in your car somewhere, but you know, the casino down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, it starts, it started small, you know, it started with, I got 20 bucks in my pocket, you know, and mm-hmm. we're just going to feed the machine and see what happens. Um, but I tell you, man, the lights and the flashes and the, you know, the, the potential to actually, um, maybe win something. Yeah. I mean, obviously the odds are very, very slim. Yeah. yeah. But that changes your brain chemistry. Mm. You know, it, it completely rewires things to, you know what, I'm finally getting some sort of thrill back in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I mean, gosh, I mean, I knew it wasn't the smartest choice, you know, not knocking anybody that goes to the casino every once in a while and, yeah. you know, has the self-control to be able to just take a few bucks in and then leave and not go. But it started to become, you know, like, yeah, maybe it was once a month or something like that. But then it was like, you know, you win a little bit. Yeah, you yeah. Go, huh? Maybe I can try it again, and so then it becomes you know 
a few times a week, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, and then the, the availability of online mm, gambling yeah. now becomes a lot easier too. Right. So, um, so then you add that in the mix. Um, you know, I mean, l- luckily again, for me, it was, it was, you know, been recognized, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that it's becoming a problem or it's become a problem at the time. So I, uh, you know, I went to addictions counseling, you know, I, I, uh, you can, you can self exclude from, um, the, the casinos. So, um, which basically means you walk into their office, you know, sort of thing. They take a picture of you and they, you know, they, they send a form out to all the casinos in Ontario, you know, and basically say, do you don't get let, let this guy in, you know, uh, sort of thing. Okay. Um, or you have to be escorted out. So was so, that, was that your idea or was that, um, was that your it counselor's was, idea? It, it actually wasn't brought up by the counselor, surprisingly enough. I don't know whether or not it's just something that they're either not aware of. I'm sure they probably are, but yeah. to me, it got to a breaking point because that was, you know, again, it was one of those things where, yeah, you know, my, my wife and I are having some troubles in our marriage and stuff like that. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, I had, you know, this bombshell of, Hey, I'm gambling too, you know? And so she didn't, she didn't know. So she didn't know initially. Um, I, I brought it to her attention. Um, when, you know, there was a time when we were kind of trying to make things work in the middle of things. And I, you know, I wanted to let her know, like, Hey, I got this problem going on, you know, and, and something like that. And so it was, it was, again, it was another, another kind of blow to, you know, our, our relationship and stuff like that. And so, so it wasn't like, Oh man, okay, let's, let's get you help moment. It just kind of um, fueled the fire. Kind of it thing? was, it was a bit of both. Okay. Um, it was definitely a bit of both where, yeah, I I recognized I needed help. Things were already pretty rocky, so it mm-hmm. didn't really help matters by any means. So it was one of those things that we really didn't know what to do with. So it, uh, yeah, it, uh, and again, it, you know, it, it got to the point where it was increasing my debt load and stuff like that. So I already had business debt from, you know, my, my business choices mm-hmm. and now I had gambling on top of it. Um, yeah, it became, uh, it became pretty darn, uh, pretty rough mm. to the point where, yeah, you know, like I said, I had to do the, the whole self-exclusion thing from, from the casino. So I can't go into a casino in, in Ontario, which I, isn't a bad thing yeah. <laughs> by any means. You know, all the sites that I was using online and stuff like that, you could they have the same option. Yeah. So you, you can, can go block in and stuff, you can, yeah. uh, you can lock so you, you're, you can't use it again, you know, sort of thing. So, yeah. um, so all that's been done, but again, it left, uh, big hole um and and left uh again some some um deep debt and stuff like that too so just talking about it now does it does it make you want to gamble or does it uh, does it reconfirm like i I can't go down that path or does it i know it's it's a horrible question but again a bit of both man um you know because it's it's uh they say it's one of the hardest addictions to break um gonna be honest right it's one of those things where yeah you know i've slipped up a couple of times you Mm -hmm. know sort of thing especially online and that but the recognition is there to go hey like you're doing this again like you don't want to especially now that you know the things with my, my wife and i you know like i said we're, we're trying to work things out and mm-hmm. getting a little bit um, closer to reconciliation and stuff like that in our marriage and uh, i mean that's the last thing i want to do yeah. is uh is blow that up again yeah. um and so there's uh yeah there's there's definitely times man where where it uh you feel that need, um, especially when, you know, months are tight and stuff like that too, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it seems counterintuitive, right? To go, oh man, I'm, I'm really feeling the strain of finances this month, you know, well, 
why don't I gamble? I get it. I, you know, it's so, like I used to watch this show on TLC called How the Lottery Changed My Life. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it always used to blow my mind that these yeah. people that are winning the lottery, like they were in such financial hardship. I'm like thinking, you're probably the last person that should be playing, yeah. like blowing your money on the lottery, exactly. right? You don't exactly. have money for rent, but you, you find you find money to blow on the lottery. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's true, man. It's, uh, yeah, it was, it, it sucks. I mean, it'd be completely honest with you like yeah. it was a, if i could you know you know edit parts of my life out that would be one of them for sure yeah. um because i've had to uh you know from there i've had to uh, because finances were so rough i had to enter into consumer proposal mm. um which is like the step before bankruptcy yeah. um because my debts were so high that i was barely able to make minimum payments on my credit cards right. you know um all that kind of stuff. So it was, uh, it was, it is dark, dude. Yeah. Like seriously, dark time. Is that is that where the suicidal thoughts come from? Yeah, that's where a lot of that came from. Um, a lot of that was uh, was derived from, you know, I'm not really good for much. I don't have much, you mm. know. Um, but the thought of my kids growing up without a dad was uh, overpowered those thoughts. Yeah. Um, you know, and there were, you know, there were times where uh, where it was close. Um, you know, no real suicidal attempts or anything like that but uh you know some some thoughts you know driving home from work thinking you know maybe just getting in a car accident or something you know driving off into the ditch you know like uh, again one of those things that seems you know for someone who might not be experiencing that level of of I guess mental breakdown and stuff like that it's really hard to kind of understand how you could think that way yeah but uh but it's it's real, man. Like uh, I, you know, one of those things that uh, not that I'm. Th- I mean, part of me is thankful I've I've experienced it, you know, because uh, because then it makes me a little bit more aware of others that might be going through it. For sure. Um, which is again one of the reasons why you know I, I throw a lot up on Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that about it because I find that being real about it mm-hmm. is is one step closer to sort of um, breaking the stigma. You know, I know there's lots of talk about it, you know, all these, the bell let's talk things. We have a big uh, Friday night lights, uh, uh, suicide awareness thing here with some of a lot of the high school football teams and stuff like that, that Mm -hmm. uh, in town here and that. And so there's, there's, you know, Definitely, uh, uh, the awareness is is there for sure, but I still think there's a long way to go, but it starts, I think with, with, the individuals that are dealing with it having to be a little bit more open about it, even though you don't want to. I mean, it's so. I mean, I hate it for years. Is it tough to talk about, or uh, it, it's getting easier? Yeah. The the more I talk about it, um, again, one of those things that if you were to talk to me maybe a year ago or so, probably wouldn't have wanted to go there. What would your reaction have been? Um, I probably would have just skirted around the issue. Um, you know, a little bit more uh, lighthearted conversation than getting a little bit deeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's one of those things that, uh, especially I find, and especially those of us in the service-based industry, you know, our personalities are geared towards helping others, right? Mm-hmm. Our personality is is geared towards service as opposed to any sort of self-care or anything like that. I yeah. mean, that was one of the hardest things I had to learn. The self-care was like foreign to me, you know, in all my counseling and stuff like that. I think, uh, I think my, it was driving my counselor insane um, because she kept saying, okay, what'd you do for you this week? And, you know, uh, and I, I had such a hard time doing anything for me you know my my self-care generally involved you know going to 
Starbucks doing a little bit of work on my book or doing some writing or, or doing things yeah. like that. Right. Um, just to kind of get words on paper of how I was feeling and stuff. And, but, but, you know, taking time and, and actually like carving out time in the day for me, whatever that looked like, um, it's just next to impossible. Cause I, I it just didn't, I felt guilty almost, you know, even though, you know, they say, you know, the old adage is true about, you know, if you, if, how, if you're not healthy yourself, how can you take care of others, you know? But again, I did that for years. Mm-hmm. It was, and, and so I know the destructive capability of that, uh, because, you know, like I said, I went through it and, you know, had my own breakdown, you know, and, and it caused a lot of damage. And so it, uh, yeah, it's, uh, so to talk about it is, is, like I said, getting easier, mm-hmm. it still makes me a little anxious, you know, to yeah. deal with it. But it, uh, like I said, I think it's, uh, hey, if it's beneficial for one person to hear that somebody else is going through it, for sure. then incredible. Are your children sheltered from all this? Or do they, uh, do they kind of know, like... No, they know. Something's going on with dad there. Yeah, yeah, they know. Um, I mean, my, you know, my, my older ones do. My eldest is almost 14 years old, mm-hmm. um, you know, in high school now. So she, she, she knows um you know about I mean, she's gone through school and all that kind of stuff and, mm-hmm. and i mean gosh at, at 14 years old the things she's had to experience with her friends and all that kind of stuff too has been uh, um you know some heavy stuff for a 14 year old so i didn't want to sugarcoat it for them especially my older ones my younger ones i mean my my five-year-old and my eight-year-old i mean they really it kind of goes over their head anyway you know yeah, yeah, yeah. uh it's something that eventually sure I'll, I'll share with them that sort of thing but it also i think better equips me as a parent too to be able to kind of deal with some of the stuff that they might face to be able to say you know what hey i've been there and they've done that yeah you know been there done that you know, it's funny because I, I, you know, looking back to when I was a kid, I didn't really feel like I experienced any of that kind of stuff. You know, um, I don't know if the, I guess the late 80s were probably not, uh, I don't know, the, you know, it was come home when the lights are on, the street lights are on, you know, sort of thing. Well, you also, it was also taboo to talk about stuff like that. Yeah, right? yeah. No exactly. one speaks about it. So you walk around thinking everybody's just doing great. Yeah, man. You're, you're really unaware of yep. what might be really going on. Yep. Does the job make the, the dark times harder? Does the job make the dark times easier? Oh, man. Um, or did it not have any effect on? Uh, no, the uh, parts of it. We're, we're easier. I've got some clients that I've had, you know, it's one of the, and again, you know, you look at, uh, you know, professional boundaries and all this kind of stuff that we learned about in school. And mm-hmm. I think it depends on where you work. I mean, where, where I am, I've had clients, you know, I've had for 15 years, so they know me, yeah, um, yeah. they know my family, they know, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so it's actually kind of funny because at first I didn't talk about stuff, um, because oh, you're not supposed to, right. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, guidelines say, you know, yeah, but you're, you're supposed you're, to keep things, you know, whatever. You're fucking human. Oh, I know. Well, that's you what know? I mean. Right. Like, and, uh, and there was, I had some, I remember I had one client in particular who older friend of the family and stuff like that too, been a client of mine for a long time. And, and, you know, literally after the treatment, she said, you're not okay. Mm. She says there's something wrong, you know, sort of thing. And I'm going, ha, 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 what do you mean? You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then it all came out. Right. And, and, you know, and so I've, I've, 
you know, through the years have, obviously I'm not going to open up to every single client that comes to the door yeah. and like, you know, Hey, just before our treatment starts, just so you know, you know, not at all. I mean, there, like I said, there's, there's some clients that they may be friends. They may be, you know, long time clients and stuff like that, that just get into general conversation about how's your family doing? How's all this, you know, because at first I found that, that the job did make it harder because I would go to work and just have to pretend everything was okay. Right. right? You put on the smile, you, you're working on everybody else's problems. You want to hear everybody else's issues and all that kind of stuff. And and again, I think as our personality is generally one of just service and dealing mm-hmm. with others, we take a lot of that on. And so again, like I said earlier, right, it's exhausting. You get to the point at the end of the day where you're just absolutely emotionally drained, mentally drained. Um you know, if you've had a long day, physically tired too. And it just, it just wore me out. And so I think at first it made it harder, Mm -hmm. but as I've been able to kind of share a little bit, and again, I don't go super deep with clients. It's not like I, you know, it's not like, you know, yeah, it's not turning into a therapy session session here. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it, it's okay to tell people you're not okay, you yeah, know, sure. if they ask, you know, sort of thing. And uh, I think it's, it's you know, it went from making things harder to, I think, making things a little bit easier because people are coming here. This is their, you know, their their place for healing. This is their safe place. You know, why can't it be that for me too? I, I understand that, you know, again, professional boundaries, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, um, there's there's parts of this job that, uh, that, that allow us, I think, as, as therapists to be able to relate with our clients and stuff like that too and so when they know we're human you know it certainly i think it helps a little bit too it's community yeah that's what communities do yeah exactly now i again if it's like you know probably different setting if it's the spa industry right where you're seeing a one person for a relaxation massage and you won't see them again for years i think it's a little different when you have clients that are coming in on a weekly basis or monthly basis and that sort of thing and yeah and oftentimes they know you better than (laughs) your family knows i think so i think so for sure tell me about the writing uh yeah i uh been uh, been doing some writing for uh for a few years now actually um I kind of always had a little bit of an interest in writing. Um, I, I've read quite a bit and really enjoy, uh, you know, at first it was, you know, all the businessy type books and stuff like that because mm-hmm. not a natural born entrepreneur, I don't think. So, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of some stuff in business I was trying to kind of figure out on the fly. And so I would read a lot of, uh, sort of businessy type books. So I've always had this interest in, in writing. So I, uh, yeah, I started, uh, kind of tinkering with a blog and stuff like that at first, uh, um, you know, which is, which is still out there, you know, started doing some writing that way. It was at first it started again, one of those things was pretty lighthearted business advice or whatever. And then as, uh, as life happened, you know, I wrote one blog post that kind of blew the lid off of what I was going through. Um, and, uh, I think to date is probably the one that has the most, uh, interactions with, with people and stuff like that too, because it just, you know, kind of laid out what I was going through and, and how I was dealing with it and, you know, and awful also offered my, uh, encouragement to others too, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, uh, that they're not alone with stuff like that. So, so from there, a lot of my writing kind of, uh, came out of, uh, more dealing with, uh, with, you know, the mental health aspect of things. I was hoping anyway, out of a more real context, something a little bit more sympathetic to what people were, uh, also could be dealing with and that. And so from there, um, started actually writing a book, um, which, uh, 
at first was kind of a compilation, I guess, of all the blog posts that I had going, but uh, with a lot of stories and stuff like that. And so it uh, kind of morphed into, uh, you know, kind of morphed into that, into a book idea, not quite done yet, but uh, but something that I'm still still working on. And uh, I was I was struggling a lot with dealing with how to um, kind of put it all together in a sort of a story format as far as the book was concerned. Um, and then uh, actually thanks to 2017 lacrosse season, the uh, sort of the whole idea for the book kind of came out because that's sort of the year, uh, sort of the year my wife and I sort of officially separated. The first time was, was 2017. So it was in the middle of lacrosse season and the summer and that uh, we were having a great season. We were first in the league going into playoffs and then found ourselves down I think it was like two or three games to nothing in the first round of the playoffs and uh and so out of that sort of team struggle the captains and the the coaches and that kind of came up with this acronym for win because that's what we wanted to do right so the idea was 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 came out of what is next right so when the guys were on the bench you know it was this this whole idea of take a shift at a time you know your job on the floor you go out and you do your job on the floor. You trust the other guys that are there. You trust what the coaches are saying. You trust yeah. in, in the process. You come off and then we look at, okay, what's next? Mm-hmm. What did we do during that last shift that could be improved on? What did we do that was really good? And let's do it again or let's make it better. We know what the ultimate goal is. The ultimate goal is to win the man cub. The ultimate goal is to win that championship. If you're only focused on that main goal, right? You're only focused on that big picture. You're going to miss all the little steps in between in order to get there. Right. And so from there, um, as soon as the team, like it was, it was weird, man. Like it still kind of gives me goosebumps, uh, every single time I think about it because literally I was, I was sitting on the bench uh, I think it was like, like I said, game three or game four, um, you know, standing on my little perch on the bench and, uh, and you could hear the guys just yelling, you know, what's next, what's next. And it was going around mm-hmm. like crazy, you know, and, and the whole, and, and the, the team changed. Yeah. Like it was this, it was this it was almost a, palpable shift in their mentality yeah like a movie moment it, it was man it was it's creepy like i've never like felt something like that like that like <laughs> intense before i wasn't there i know nothing of it i've got chills just listening yeah, to man. talk about it like it was it was seriously it was it was so awesome and then right from there we went we won every game after that nice um you know beat that round of the playoffs we we smoked in the next four games in a row i think we won the next round in five games yeah. and then we went to win the championship championship in like five or six games after that and so you know inscribed in in my championship ring that year um is the inside is what is next you know sort of thing like that and so from there you know and and like i said that was right around the time where where things were really rough with my uh with my wife and and a lot of the guys uh, again a lot of them didn't know what was going on with me because again it was one of those things where i just felt like i needed to keep quiet do my job and whatever one of the other the the other massage therapists with the team um you know he's really we were really close friends Uh, you know he was the guy that was basically taking everything that i was saying sort of thing he would uh he'd be my 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 venting post sort of thing right mm-hmm. well and the coaches knew because 
because, you know, I wanted to make sure that they understood, you know, if I can't make a game or something like that because of some family emergency, this is what's going on, you know. And so, you know, my, my Thursday nights with the with the team, you know, kind of became my, that, that was my, you know, happy place. It was really one of the only happy places I had, you know, was was being with these with these guys, you know, because home life was was not not good at the time. From there, sort of started writing, writing the book based around that. You know, that was... 2017 2018 same thing you know it was the the guys are still using you know the what is next what is next you know let's let's keep going which is great because it means that what i'm writing in the book actually makes sense because it worked you know um and here we are you know uh three years later and we won three championships in a row and the guy is still i mean that's still you know the hashtag that goes around with you know the team's social media stuff you know and everything is is what is next um because I think it's so important. A lot of the business books and stuff like that that I was reading were getting me so frustrated because a lot of it was all about the hustle and all about the, the hustle and grind. Got, yeah, put your nose down and, yeah, yeah. and just bull your way to whatever you want. And I look at my you know career path and I look at my situation that happened and everything that I'm that I went through. And I go, man, I tried that mm-hmm. and everything just fell apart. Yeah, you like, need It literally strategy. was like a bull in a china shop, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. it just, every piece just fell apart. Yeah. I was trying too hard to look at the big picture of what I wanted. Yeah, my, my intentions were good because I wanted what was best for my family. Uh, my wife was a stay at home mom because uh, I wanted, you know, we wanted for her to raise the kids, you know, and that sort of thing. And, you know, obviously with five kids, daycare is a ridiculous cost anyway. So to be self employed, and to support a family is is hard um and so my thinking was gosh i got to do anything i can and everything i can to get you know to make things work and instead of looking at sort of the small decisions along the road that were affecting the big picture right i think that's a big thing i think a lot of that hustle and grind mentality leaves out the whole concept of strategic planning yeah right you yep. can't you can't hustle and grind without a without a plan it doesn't no. make sense and no, exactly. what is next is the goal setting is that plan i i yeah. totally dig that man and, and and you know it doesn't take into consideration your family either yeah. i mean goodness if you're you know if you're fresh out of high school or whatever and you have no responsibilities or you don't have a you know you don't have a wife you don't have kids you don't have you know you're living in your parents basement hey go for it Exactly. You know, whatever, you know, that's, that's fine. I mean, yeah. obviously you don't want to jack up the debt too, too much at that early of a stage of life. But those are the times when you eat shit, right? Uh, like, well, yeah, exactly. And, it, and if you want to have sure. a massive thriving, <laughs> if you want to have a massive thriving business, you know, 10 years down yeah. the road, yeah, I, I, I'll give you an example. You know, in massage therapy school, the first term students, they typically have to do some sort of interview with an RMT, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did one of these yesterday for this girl who goes to a um, community college in Toronto. Okay. And so she asked me. Um, so tell me how you achieve work-life balance. And I was just straight with her. I'm like, listen, if you want to have a thriving <laughs> fucking business, you know, you know, later down the road, there is no work-life balance at the beginning. No. It's you eat shit, you take battle scars and you do it for a larger purpose. Yep. And that's it. Any foo-foo that says, oh, I'm going to work my 20 hours a week and blah, you got a part-time fucking job. Yeah. You're going to stay in a part-time job. So if you want something different, you, you eat shit for the first yep. little bit. For sure. Yep. No, it's very true. Yeah. Very true. It's uh, yeah. I, and I mean, it is a grind at the beginning yeah. for sure. And I think that was maybe the difficulty I 
I had, I mean, I got married in my second year of college. Mm. So, you know, I already had, you know, a, a wife and bills and, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff when I got right out of school. So I think, yeah, I mean, I agree with you on, you know what, you got to dive right into it right away. You know, I think I remember hearing somebody say, you know, if you spend 80% of your time in the clinic, 20% of your time should be looking for clients, you mm. know, all that kind of stuff, right? Like your day should be 100% business and stuff like that, which, you know, if, the opportunity is there to do that, then go for it. But like you said, right, strategic planning is huge when you've got other factors involved in life that you don't want to overlook, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, that's, that's the last and, thing you want to do. And is, that might change your mind on, like, yep. is this something that is even possible? Do I have the opportunity? Do I have the time? Do yep. I have the resources to eat shit and, well, yeah, and yeah. take it for a while? And if you don't, well, then it's not it's not in your mix for that time. Yep, yep. No, I mean, I mean, I, I worked retail for the first couple of years of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, of, of being a therapist you know, slinging coffee at a coffee shop and uh, selling shoes at uh, the shoe company for, uh, you know, while I was trying to build my business for the first couple of years, you know, just so that I could help put food on the table. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes you got to help. Yeah, man. (laughs) (laughs) So what's the, what's the, what's the end game for the book? Is this just a a personal project for you or this is something Uh, that you want, you want published, you want out there? You know, I, I would love to get it published. Um, you know, I'm likely looking at self-publishing for the first one for sure. But uh, yeah. oh man, I uh, it's it's one of those things that you know I think uh, as an entrepreneur, the uh, the mind keeps going, the uh, the wheels keep turning, and I mean, if this is something that uh, is meant to be, as you know, maybe a little side uh, little side gig, maybe being an author wouldn't be that bad of a thing. If it only gets one book out, then it only gets one book out, and that's okay with me. Yeah. You know, the the biggest thing is is for me is is you know people ask me you know, why why write a book you know sort of thing and i think for me um i want to share it with my kids i want to share my story with my kids yeah. um you know and and like i said for my for my younger ones especially that i haven't really that really may not understand what's going on having them being able to read something that uh, you know that that could help them mm-hmm. and it came from their dad i think would be pretty pretty darn cool yeah definitely so that's kind of my motivation behind it for sure to get that out um but no i mean i yeah i'd love to get it uh love to get it published and kind of see where it goes from there um it's kind of in the final editing stages right now and so we'll uh we'll see what uh we'll see what happens in the near future i'm i'm hoping by the new year nice <laughs> honestly people that write books fascinate the fuck out of me because i wouldn't even know one i don't think i can do it and i wouldn't even know i wouldn't know where to start where to begin i wouldn't know any of this stuff like did you did you do any research on like how to write a successful book or is this just no. like, i'm just gonna write stuff and see how this thing goes like how's this work I, I wanted to um but I I honestly I didn't feel like I had the time to even research how to write a book so yeah. I just started just started just started writing. Nice. Um really it was and that's I think why I started with the blog too. Yeah, yeah. Um you know because if if you know you get something out there and people either don't engage with it or I mean you'd hope people would be honest with you about how you're writing. Yeah. Um you know when when people comment on you know that something might be well written or or whatever, then yeah, it's encouraging. You know, it's a you know little little boost of confidence, yeah, you know, sure. to kind of see if you know you can write a bigger blog post, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a few more pages, you yeah. know, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. So I didn't really, uh, I didn't really. I mean, uh, maybe a 
a little bit of research on kind of how to format something like that and kind of how to put it together, but I'm doing the most learning through the editing process. That's Mm. the, uh, kind of where you do the most, uh, so I've had a few close friends read it, um, you know, when I first finished it and stuff and, and, uh, you know, kind of give me some healthy critique on that way, but then, you know, getting somebody who, uh, might not be as close to me, still a, a good friend of mine, but, um, somebody who who i know this is kind of her wheelhouse is doing you know editing yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's going to be a lot of red on the page which is fine yeah part of the process but it's part of the process part of how you learn right and how yeah. to put things together so we'll, yeah we'll we'll see i don't think i'm i don't think it's going to go new york times bestseller but you know you never you never know man. You never know <laughs> let's let's think it will yeah let's blow oprah <laughs> off that list I, I don't know i don't know if oprah's got books on that list. Yeah, i, I just assume because yeah, oprah probably, does everything probably um when it comes down to the separation, if you're cool with it, yep. how does that work when you got kids, man? Does someone leave the house? Like, what happens here? Oh, dude, that's a it's a tough one. Yeah. Um, you don't have uh, to if you don't want to. Yeah, I mean, our our situation was pretty unique and pretty difficult. Um, a lot of it, uh, unfortunately, isn't my story to really share. Yeah, you know, I can only speak to my part that I that I played in it, and uh, and yeah, so it's. Uh, it's a tough one, but I mean, for for what I can say, anyway, um, as far as the process was, um, it was like I said, sort of the hardest thing I've ever had to go through was yeah. to walk out of the door um, of my house um, and know that I'm not going to see my kids full time. Yeah, um, that was um, that was hard uh, because I spent a lot of a lot of years before that trying um like we've we've struggled for about six years it's yeah. been it's been a um a battle for for a little while but still tried you know everything i could to kind of um keep the peace keep the family together keep you know all that kind of stuff but uh uh in the end you know it's still uh you know when uh when i left it was it was hard um yeah, and so it was tough because I ended up with my parents for a bit. Love my parents; they're you know they'll mm-hmm. do anything, uh, do anything for me, and 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 help support, especially with the kids and stuff like that. So I'm super lucky that way um, that I got my parents. But uh, um, yeah, it was, uh, and then you know from there getting an apartment on my own and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah, it was it's challenging, man. Um, you know it. it but the hardest part I think for me was, um, you know, and we can circle back to the whole depression aspect of things, but the, the hard part for me was being alone at night, you know, or when, when my kids came, you know, I had them, you know, a a couple nights a week and like every other weekend where those nights were, you know, where mom came and picked up the kids or I dropped them off and then I went home and, it was in an empty house empty and quiet and you know i didn't want to clean because the mess was made by my kids yeah it's like you know there was you know so it was it was yeah that was again that's that dark time because everything was just so um 
Everything was so hard. I won't pretend to get it, yeah. <laughs> but but I, I can kind of get the feel for what you're saying. I understand. Yeah. Like for me, I'm super attached to my kids, as I know you are. And even if they spend the night at grandma's house. Oh, yeah. And then I come home and there's no kids. There's no TV blaring it's cartoons. Weird, there's I... no, the, the, the bedroom door is open and there's yeah. no activity going on. It kind of makes me sad, but I, I yeah. can't even, I'm not even going to pretend to understand. No, I mean, you kind of want to walk around the house, turn all the lights on and just yeah. uh, pretend you know, kids yeah. are there. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'll I'll put on fucking uh, PJ masks and, yeah. and watch it just a little Paw Patrol going on <laughs> in the corner. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> so we're climbing out of the dark time. That's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, man. Though. Yeah, it, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, which is good, and it's not a train this time. Yeah. Which is which is good. Been a long road coming, but uh, I give props to uh, to my wife too for sticking by, you know, and and not wanting this thing to kind of completely completely end. Yeah. So no, it's uh, it's it's good. Done a lot of growing in the past five six years kind mm. of been forced to you know a lot of learning and a lot more to go it doesn't just end when uh you know when when things get back to normal it uh you know you're constantly constantly learning constantly growing you know, up and down all the time so do you think your experiences make you better at this job uh, i think so yeah i think so um you know when you can relate better to people mm-hmm. you know i think it uh and again, uh, you know, professional boundaries and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, because I know we're not supposed to really speak to people and give them advice on, you know, all these types of issues. But again, we're human, right? Again, you know, people, um, they want to know that the person on the other end is listening. You know, to be able to understand and not just sympathize with somebody. Um, you know, we can truly have empathy and understanding for you know, maybe what somebody's going on, what somebody shares with you, uh, I think truly makes you more valuable in in this position than anything. Can have the best hands on in the world, but I, I think if you're a little bit dry of a human being, then I I, I think it uh, <laughs> I think you're going to be as busy. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I do want to ask maybe a couple more things before we uh, before I steal all your time. Of course, we always ask, or a lot of the times we ask a lottery question. Oh boy, right? And the lottery question is. If you won the lottery, would you continue doing this job? <laughs> but my lottery question for you is different. Uh-oh. If you had lottery money, do you think it would change a lot of the stuff going on with you? Because, you know, you kind of expressed that money was a big part of why everything kind of went south. Do you think if you had the money and the debt was gone and the family could have the great family home and everything else and money was not an issue. Do you think some of the, the darker spaces would disappear or do you think those things just kind of live? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think I've actually wrestled with that question yeah. already. Um, to be honest, I don't think so. Yeah. Obviously it would certainly be nice to, you know, be debt free to not have to worry about, finances and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um or as part of it like the damage that might have come because of the money that's too far gone now to that money fixes it uh, uh, yeah no there's definitely at this point you know if if uh, you know if i somebody were to drop me off a huge check you know today yeah um which you know anybody who's listening (laughs) i I wouldn't turn it down um but uh no i don't think it would uh i i don't think it would make things go away um you know there's still there's still you know lots of uh there's still lots of potential to repeat the past right there's still lots of potential to screw up i think it's it's 
again, having that awareness of what's happened, learning from it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would hope that it wouldn't happen again. Do I think it, it races everything? No, yeah. no, not, not at all. Um, but like I said earlier, right. Am I thankful that some of this stuff happened? I, I think so. You know, it, it certainly, our experiences certainly shape us. You know, it's one of those things that they say, you know, our past shouldn't define us, but we can't ignore the changes that it makes in us. Right. You know, we just can't linger in it. You know, if you stew in the past, then it's it's going to completely wreck your present and your future. But, yeah, yeah. but we need to still be able to learn from it. We need to still be able to um, take those things that we've we've gone through, those experiences and, and you know, everything, um, and realize we're still here and need to make those changes for today and tomorrow. You know, it's that, like I said, it's that what is next mentality, right? It's yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, everything I'm writing about being able to take those past experiences and really uh, help changes for the better. Nice. Do you got a title for the book? Uh, not really. Not I mean, no. Uh, still, that was a tough one. I don't, I don't even know if I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, hopefully that one will come, maybe yeah. in a dream or something like that sometime. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right on, man. You're a deep dude. Well, thanks, buddy. Yeah, you got a lot of stuff going on. You're a survivor. That's for sure, and sure. I'm still here. Yeah, because yep. you know what? Someone else, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I don't have the fucking greatest coping skills in the world, and I talk about that openly. Oh, man, like, it's, you it's know, tough. I don't know if I could survive some of the things that I've heard people talk about. Yeah, man, I'm weak. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you you find it. I would have said the same thing, but you you somehow find it. I think being a parent does that to you, though. Yeah, for sure. When uh, when there's other lives counting yeah. on you, it. Uh, it changes you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't know I could, you know, love the way I could when I, you know, yeah. before I had my kids, right? Before for you sure. hold them for the first time and go, oh, man, you know, you know, even the, the fifth time I did, you know, sort of <laughs> thing. It's like, I didn't think I could give any more, but, you yeah. know, here I am. So with the suicidal thoughts, was there, was there fear with the idea of dying? And I asked this for a reason, because we did talk about kids and everything yep. else. And... I was never scared to die before having children. Ever since having children, I'm terrified as fuck. Yeah. And my wife probably gets sick of hearing me talk about, not that I'm scared of dying, but <laughs> like we'll look at old pictures, older pictures. My kids aren't that old. They're five and two, but we'll look at pictures of like my five-year-old when she was like a baby. Yeah. And I actually feel like really fucking old when that happens. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a nice walk down memory lane but yeah, i actually find it very difficult to do yep. because i'm older than my wife i'm 44 I, I i showed up to the ball game late got married late had kids yeah. late and so i just feel like i'm i'm getting older so because of that i'm actually scared of dying yeah. i'm like I, I can't imagine my kids not having me around right or me being around for them so when you're having suicidal thoughts is it a no fear of death or is it a fear of death or does that not even really come into the picture is it not even like we get down to thinking about the actual end result well you know what you do because that's kind of the reason why uh, yeah you know, pulls you through is your kids it's, but. it's it's hard to explain because it's a it's it's very selfish right like yeah, it's a well. it's a very selfish mentality you get into right and uh, i think that that is um at least that's at least that's how I felt. I mean, right? the, the only reason why I I personally wouldn't use yeah. the word selfish. I mean, in my mind, and I've spoken to some people that have that have made attempts, right? Yeah. And for you to be hurting so much and going through something so much, where in those moments the only answer is this, 
I don't really think of it as selfish. I don't know. That's just me, though. I think, but I, I think, haven't lived in that spot. Right? Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe not at the time. Yeah. Um. You know, but but I think afterwards, when I'm like looking back at at that time when it's like where you think the only mm-hmm. option is to get out, yeah. um, that's when those sort of selfish feelings come out where it's like, oh man, how could I do that? How could right. I only think uh, that this is the only way to deal with things? Gotcha. Because, you know, because I've got five kids, yeah. you know, I do have a wife. I do have a partner that, you know, would have to raise these kids without yeah, me. Yeah, the aftermath. And, and I think that's, that. that's obviously what pulled me out was, you know, those, those kids, yeah. um, you know, that, that man just, uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine them living without their dad. And I know it doesn't really make much sense because I wouldn't really be here, but I couldn't imagine living without them. Yeah. You know, um, it makes sense, you know? And so it's, yeah, it it was, uh, so, so looking back at it it is kind of where that, that guilt and that selfish Selfish feeling, you know, kind of comes from where, um, it's like stepping out of the situation, you know, when you're in it, yeah, and that's not, you yeah, know, yeah. you're thinking about everything else that's going on in your life. Right. And all the stuff you got kind of weighing you down, but yeah, afterwards it's, it's one of those kind of, man, why would I even think of that? You know, but at the time, yeah, it's not what you're thinking of. Yeah. I mean, at the time it's, uh, you know, it feels like the world's telling you, you don't matter, mm. you know, sort of thing. So yeah, it was, uh, you spiritual dude? I am. I am. Yeah, my uh, my dad's a pastor. My dad. Uh, yeah, I think I've seen your drum set a at church. church. Yeah, my mom's a church secretary. Um, yeah, so I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm. A, I'm a Christian. So I uh, have a pretty uh, pretty strong belief, pretty strong faith as well. So does Jesus help you in the dark times, or um, or not really? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's a. Uh, it's it's one of those things where I'm going to sound like probably a a bad Christian, but again, I'm I'm human, and it's one of those you know when things are going well, it's very easy to say oh things are great because I believed and I had faith, you mm-hmm. know, and all that kind of stuff. And um, but man, when it's when you're in the depth of it, it's it's hard to believe that that and have that faith that there's a God out there that cares about what's going on because my you know I've lived my whole life as as a christian i mean i think i was like 4 years old um you know when i when i you know sort of committed my life to that and um and then throughout my years of of school and high school and all that kind of stuff never really wavered from being a christian you know yeah. despite the bullying despite the whatever that you go through and so i've always had a, a pretty strong belief and a strong faith always gone to church yeah played drums at church you know all that kind of stuff and yeah and and it uh you know and so during those really hard times um that's when it becomes i think the most challenging to actually hold on to any sort of faith that 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 someone ones has someone you know letting me go through this yeah yeah you know um somebody who i've believed in my whole life something that i've you know i've held on to that that there's you know um you know that that he there's a god that has my best interest at heart and all that kind of stuff and knows what i want knows um you know uh, you know all this kind of stuff and and mm-hmm. to think that man i'm going through this like Nah, like there's, there's, this doesn't exist, you know, sort of thing. And so there's a lot of doubt that goes through your mind when you're, when, when you're in that situation. But I mean, uh, my, my pastor has helped me out huge. Um, he's been a big, uh, big support and all that kind of stuff through all this too. So, so through it all, I didn't stop going to church. I didn't stop, 
you know, reading the Bible. I didn't stop, yeah. you know, um, sort of practicing my faith and that. Um, but it was hard. It was hard to. It really challenges it. Really, because it really does. Yeah. It really challenges it. Now, coming through the other side of it, right, you know, I think I am able to look back and go, you know, I, I have no idea how I got through it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of it doesn't make sense other than maybe for me, yeah, other than there is a God who does care about me, yeah. who let me go through this stuff that really uh, challenged me, but he knew I could handle it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here I am nearing the other side of it. And not to say I'm never going to experience anything again, but maybe maybe I'll have a little bit of stronger faith <laughs> because of what I had to go through, yeah, what yeah. I went through and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a pretty important important part of uh of what i've gone through and what i've had to deal with hopefully i don't have to go through anything like this again but i'm with you i hope so and too, uh, uh yeah i mean but like i said man i, I know uh, nothing's perfect nothing uh you know days don't go by without uh some struggle but i think for me anyway that faith component is going to be quite helpful in the in the long run do the best with what you got at the moment exactly man i really appreciate this brother my goal with uh these deeper types of recordings is, you know, it helps someone out. And if it doesn't help you out, it doesn't help someone else that you know, at least gives you a better understanding as to what someone might be going through because not everyone's open like you are to talk about it, you know? No, exactly. Right on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me out here. Dude, thank you. It's awesome. Right on. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists and a Microphone. Peace.